You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm Sean Reynolds, the owner of Summer Properties Northwest, Reynolds and Klein Appraisal, and your host of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. And with me again today, I have Mr. Dan Chapman, mortgage industry expert from Fairway Independent Mortgage. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me back, Sean. Good to be here. You bet. Things are changing so quickly in the mortgage industry and the business industry with the whole coronavirus and everything else that we wanted to get a quick update from you on some pretty major topics. So what do you have for us? Kind of major topic number one. Uh, I think the biggest that happened um, actually on Friday um, is that a lot of the big banks announced um, like B of A, Wells Fargo, U.S. Bank, Flagstar Bank. They all announced they're not doing cash out refinances right now on conventional. Okay. Okay, so that's a big one. Um, we are doing them, but typically a cash out refinance, the rate is eight to a quarter percent higher than if you weren't taking cash. So it depends on the client and their credit score. Um, but for instance, $500,000 loan on a $700,000 value, 40 plus credit score, uh, rate and term refinance would be 3.125 no points on a 30 year fixed right now, roughly. Um, on a cash out, that would have been, um, like I said, a quarter, uh, eight to a quarter higher a week ago. And as of Friday, it actually went up to it, that example, 3.75 mil points. So you're about a five eighths percent spread for us for Fairway. Now, this is temporary. This could be over in two weeks. It could be over in a month. We don't know. So all of this stuff is temporary. Yeah, yeah, it's temporary, um, and there's reasons for it. Um, I think a big reason, number one, is um, word on the street is, is they're expected to be at least 15% of homeowners into forbearance um, by the time we get to the mid-May, May 15th. Right. So all of these lenders are basically saying, hey, we're not sure what's going on with our, our borrower's ability to, to make their mortgage payments. Therefore, we're going to be really stingy with our lending kind of moving forward. Yeah, that's right. That, that's right. There's just a lot of uncertainty in the market and, and, you know, fear and uncertainty. And they don't want to have, you know, liquidity issues. You know, um, as you know, in the forbearance world, um, it's pretty messy right now, too. And lenders are getting stuck, especially um, those who service their own loans. Um, like say a caliber who services a lot of their home loans um, or just loan servicers in particular are getting stuck with having to make those payments and the property taxes and the insurance for sure for the first four months right now uh, that a borrower is late. Right. So explain to us the difference between a servicer and a mortgage lender. Okay. So like the servicer, if they're just a servicer, like say like Senlar is a big servicer, um, you know, uh, loan, um, oh, I don't even know what their name is, loan, loan Service Mac or something like that is a new loan servicer that we use. They don't they don't make loans, like they don't have loan officers and they don't make loans and close loans like we do. They just service the loan. So they're responsible for making payments to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, you know, um, for, for the borrower, um, you know, whether the borrower makes them or not. Um, they're responsible. So the borrower makes the payment to the loan servicer. Loan servicer forwards it on to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. Um, if it's taxes and insurance and it's included in their payment, they're responsible for sending that to the insurance agency uh, and the county for taxes. Whereas a lender, if are a direct lender, and say we're not servicing, but we do service some of our loans, but let's just say we're not servicing the loan, we're not responsible for any of that. We just close the loan 
and it gets sold to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac on a conventional loan. And then the loan servicer takes over the servicing of that loan with for the client, for the borrower. Right, right. Okay. So there's a big difference there. And so we're seeing servicers get caught in the middle because there's no income coming through and yet they're still having to pass through basically payments onto their investors, correct? That's exactly the problem. Yeah, it's a huge it's a huge problem right now and and you know the head of uh, the FHFA Mark Calabria really isn't doing much about it right now and he's aware of the problem but he's just not doing much about it right now unfortunately. And so people are asking him and people specifically being servicers mortgage servicers are saying hey provide us a liquidity a servicing center, give us some capital to work with so we can make this go, correct? Like, let that borrow. That's exactly it, Sean. Yeah, yeah. hit the nail on the head. Yeah, yeah. And that is not happening right now. Why do you think that is not happening? Um, I just think that, I mean, mean, trying to not be too um, harsh with with what's going on with, with Mark Calabria, but I just don't think he understands it, or if he does, he's just holding too strict of a line. And it, I mean, it's just not fair to the loan servicer. They make very little money for servicing a loan. They make on a, on a $300,000 loan, they're making about three grand a year for servicing that loan. Wow. Three grand. For yeah. The it's not, it's year. 1%. So yeah, right. Actually, I shouldn't say that's on a yearly basis. I believe that's the first three years. I'd have to double check that fact, I, but I listened to a podcast the other day. So it's very little. They sign like a three-year servicing contract usually. So and, so, um, and so that's why if you go to try and refinance out of your loan early, you might have some kind of pre-penalty because the lender has said, okay, we need to hold this loan for at least this period of time before we break even and then start making a little money. Is that that's yeah, right. Correct. Like so, as a lender, we get an early payoff penalty if somebody isn't in the loan for six months. So, and, okay. and you know, with the cost of doing business right now and the way things are going, that could that could get extended eventually. We'll see. I could see that going to nine months, but right now it's six months. Right, and everything is just so temporary that you almost have to stay up to date on all this stuff on a continual basis. And like you and I were talking, there's a major change in the way that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are looking at forbearances. And that's one of the news stories that I just missed entirely because there's so many stories kind of going back and forth, so many narratives being told. The You can't keep track of all of them. You can just kind of focus on a few. Yeah. So, so that's why I rely upon a guy like you in the mortgage industry to kind of get me the information and get the listeners and the viewers the information that we need. So tell us about the, the major thing that just happened with forbearances. Yeah, so Friday uh, it came out that um, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac basically said, if you are going to go into a forbearance on a loan, that's fine. You're not going to be marked late on your credit, um, but you will not be eligible to do a new conventional loan for the next 12 months. So if rates drop and, and somebody wants to refinance, say rates drop in six months to below 3% and they're at three and a quarter and they want to refinance, if they went into forbearance, they're not going to be able to do that. Just a no-go. So, and, and up until this point, Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac or none of the other GSEs, they haven't stated that, correct? That's right. That's right. Just up until, that was just as of Friday that that came out. Right. So let's walk through that a little bit. So you've lost your job and you can't make your payments. 
you are looking at uh, April, you didn't make your payment. May, can't make your payment. You're going to take forbearance as an option. And so you get your agreement together. And then bottom line is, is that if you have a Fannie or Freddie loan, that you are not going to be able to refinance out of that loan with Fannie or Freddie for 12 months. And it's going to go down on your credit report as a forbearance. Is going That's to be correct. Yeah, it'll show on your credit report that if they if they report it correctly, that it's a, that you went into forbearance. Now it's not going to take your score down from say seven forty to six eighty, but it's gonna it's gonna show on there. So that's the new changes that uh, came out, and uh, you know they're the forbearance numbers are kind of scary. I mean, it's it's expected to be at least fifteen percent um, of loans into forbearance pretty soon here. That's the estimates. Yeah, because we've got, uh, we are May 5th, May 4th, when we're recording this right now. Yeah. So you got a lot of people who are within their grace period right now who will be going late shortly in the next few days. And my guess is that they will be looking at doing a forbearance because the time has kind of come where they got to make a decision one way or the other. Yeah, for a lot of people, unfortunately, that are, you know, out of work. I, I just really encourage people that... If you have a job and you can make the payment, make the payment. Do not go into forbearance. It's it's just going to hurt you. Um, so. That's Dan, that's exactly what I've been telling people is if there's any way you can make your mortgage payment, suck it up and do that. Work out the rest of your payments, but get your mortgage squared away because that's such a big one. And, and we have so many unknowns about the whole forbearance issue. And we've got these moving targets that like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac basically issuing yeah. new directives. And here we are, you're telling me that it is going to go on your credit score. And then the implications are pretty heavy that you're not going to be able to get a new loan in the next 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, uh, very true. And we don't know what else will come of it at, a month from now. What the, what else changes they might make. We just don't know. Um, you know, I seen some lenders saying, you know, for, uh, forbearance, you make go into forbearance for six months and, and they can, you know, they can add that back to your loan. They can work out a repayment plan with you. But I've seen, I, I saw a letter about three weeks ago that said, hey, you got 30 days to pay the, the, the default when your forbearance is over. Now, they're not supposed to do that, but that's what they were starting to do. And that's starting to change now where they can add it back to the loan. But still, you're going to pay interest on that. You know, so you're going to pay interest. You went six months into forbearance. They're not giving you six months of free interest. No, it's it's still the terms of your loan. Yeah. And if if your term of interest was this period over that, you know, the, when you did the forbearance, you still got to pay that. And so I, I did a podcast, uh, I think it was last week, basically no lump sum is they they can you can choose to do a lump sum, but who in the world is going to be unemployed, have three months of payments go by where you don't pay them, and then on the fourth month, you bring bring current all those three months and, and pay your fourth month. I mean, that's just yeah, not that's, that's a reality. Not, that's not reasonable for 95% of America, right? No, it's, it, it's not reasonable for 100% of the people <laughs> who, who yeah. are out of a job. Yeah, especially if they're out of a job for real and they went into forbearance for a legit reason, right? Yeah, if you don't have the money to pay, you're not going to be able to pay. And on that fourth month, you're certainly not going to be able to pay. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Sean, back to the cash out thing because I, I, I yeah. missed uh, saying a couple points there. So cash out sure. refinances right now are temporarily changed. Like a lot of the big banks aren't doing them, like I said earlier, but we are doing okay. them. But there's certain overlays that lenders are putting on those if they are doing them. So, you know, number one, the rate's much higher right now. Number two, um, like for us, you got to have at least a 720 credit score on a, for, to do cash out refinance now. Um, wow, that, that's a pretty high credit score. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it's most people on conventional loans are at least 700, I will say. Um, so we're just saying you got to be at okay. least 720. And they also want to see that you have six months reserves, not including the cash out. Wow. So you have to have some substantial cash in the bank yeah. and, and great credit. So a lot of people who were thinking, hey, maybe I'll go buy a home. If they're thinking under the old school kind of way things were pre-coronavirus, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, unfortunately, it's not. Um, I actually, I had a few cash out refinances in the process. I was, I was able to lock them before these changes. So um, that was great. Um, but, you know, I mean, right now rates are super low. It's still a great time to buy a house. We're just going to look at everything a little closer um, you know, and then refinance without cash out, you know, and you can take a little cash out like Freddie Mac allows up to 1% of the loan amount cash back without it being a cash out refinance. Um, okay. Fannie Mae is 2K even, a 2K right. even. But, but I mean, so $500,000 loan, you can take out five grand in cash. Yeah, it's not a lot, but you know, you, you, you're missing, no. you're not having a payment for at least one month and you're getting an escrow refund. So it, it adds up a little bit there. Right. What is uh, the, the down payment requirements? Like, can you get a 5% down conventional loan right now? Yes. Yeah, that hasn't changed. You can't. Okay. Um, okay. You know, the 5% down is on the high limit, as you know, the high balance. And then if it's, uh, you know, on the, on the regular national limit of 510, 400, and the loan amount is that or less, you can put 3% down conventional. So yeah, that wow, hasn't changed. Wow, percent down conventional. Okay, so that is even less than FHA, which is three and a half percent. Correct? Yeah, right. That's correct. Yep. Okay, and have credit score requirements changed for any of those loans at all? Um, not for the. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not really. No, not for a purchase. For a re, for for a uh, refinance rate and term and cash out, they have. Okay. Um, just because okay. they want to make sure, you know, I mean, purchases, they're going to look at a little closer, you know, um, but, you know, they, they, they're, they're making a difference between the, the cash out, the rate and term, you know, compared to what the purchase program says. Um, so, so far it hasn't, but, you know, if you, we run it on our automated approval system, it's a, if it's a purchase and if it says Fannie Mae accepts this, then, then we'll go ahead and close the loan on a purchase. Okay. Okay. And so tell me, you were telling me a little bit about um, if somebody defaults on something that they have signed a document that okay. they're not going to go into forbearance. Run me through that scenario again. Um, you mean the penalty that we get as a lender? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So this just came out last week, too. And we had a meeting with our a Zoom meeting with our CEO and our branch um, because it's kind of a, it's a big deal. I mean, it's Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. If we close a loan for a borrower and they go into forbearance within the first 90 days, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac is going to, for one thing, they're not going to buy the loan and we're going to pay a penalty of, depending on the loan amount, between 5 and 7%. So let's just say it's a $500,000 loan amount. 
we're going to pay a 7% penalty. That's $35,000 that Fairway would have to pay. So we want to make sure we're closing loans. People can afford it. They've got jobs. Um, they've got um, pretty good credit. You know, they don't have to have excellent credit, but good credit. So we're, we're, we're vetting that pretty strongly, and we're not the only lender that's doing it. Trust me. <laughs> you know? that, that, those, are, those are enormous fines, essentially. So, so Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are, are basically spreading the risk a little bit back to you guys originating the loans. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. It's very fair to say. That's what's going on yeah. right now. Yeah, because I've never heard of that in the mortgage industry of having a penalty like that. I mean, those are huge numbers. One or two percent. I mean, yeah, I can I can see that. But five or seven percent. Those, you know, yeah, it's, that's an it's, enormous it's, penalty. It's, it's mind blowing. I was pretty shocked when we had that meeting. So, you know, they wanted to make originators like myself aware that, hey, we, we're not we, we got to think as a, a whole corporation, as a whole company here, not just as you know, um, somebody trying to close a loan, you know, you got to think of the big picture. So what's, you know, because that affects us too. That affects everybody. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, that could erode your profits really quickly if you have to pay out a couple of those. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's interesting times where things are changing quickly by the time this video posts, maybe it'll be different, but that's what it is right now. Yeah. You know? Wow. We, we, we're doing these daily podcasts every day. So this will be up tomorrow. Oh, okay. Good. Good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You <laughs> got to keep the information flow going because today's news tomorrow, I mean, yeah. Gets, yeah. Gets it's changed. as quick as it's ever happened in my 19 year career, man. The changes. Oh, you know? the stories that are coming and going are so fast. And then all of a sudden, you'll be having a conversation with somebody and you'll say something and they'll be like, but oh, wait a minute. But last week it was like that. And you're like, yeah, that was last week. It has already changed, and here we are. Here is the new world yeah. order. Yeah. So you just you just got to stay on top of it. So uh, one of the other major things was I was asking you about jumbo loans, and basically nobody is still doing jumbo loans. Yeah, it's been um, about a month now since, for the most part, that most lenders have been out of the jumbo loan market, and we just got one back. Um, as of uh, last Friday, we got one of our jumbo lenders back. Now they're a stricter jumbo lender, meaning they're not gonna lend past 1.5 million on the loan amount, but we do have that available now, which is good. Um, you know, they'll, they'll require 20% down, uh, maximum loan amount of 1.5 million, but we do have that available now, so that's something. We're, we're slowly inching our way back, you know, this thing. and. Until this uh, coronavirus thing and, and kind of goes away a little bit, at least, and people are back to work and the economy's going again, um, that's just the way it's going to be right now. That's the way it is. So let's walk that through. So maximum conforming loan right now, what's that loan amount? That's seven forty one seven fifty. So to get a normal mortgage, what most people would think of as a normal mortgage, call it seven forty. Yep. And, and so then what we're talking about is you can now, and just recently, it's it's been the case where you can get a loan between 740 and 1.5 million. So now you've got that little, um, you've yep. got that niche, whereas you didn't have anything over 740 before. Right. And a first mortgage. So so as you know, like yep. we, we would do that first mortgage for say 740, but I've got a few going right now where people are buying a property for like 1 million to 1.4 in that range roughly. And they okay. and they said, "Hey, I'll do the first for seven forty one, 
and then I'll do a 300K HELOC behind it for the difference, you know, whatever that number is. But yeah, those are popular. And that's another thing, you know, HELOC lenders are really busy right now because of that. Right. Now, HELOCs have also changed, correct? I've seen a bunch of lenders say they're putting a halt. I think Bank of America or, or Wells, they were doing some major change up to their home equity line of credits. Yeah, I think a lot of them are capping it at 80% now instead of 90, um, some of the banks and stuff. Um, you know, on a purchase, we're still able to go um, to 90% on a home equity line of credit, but that could change. Who knows? I mean, but they're, you know, they're, they're definitely um, looking at things closer there too, for sure. Getting stricter. So, so let's say somebody has a $3 million purchase Yeah. and, and, they, and they've got the 20% down. They've got um, what six hundred grand. They've got that to put down. Yeah. How would you How would you structure that? In uh, so you've got two point four million is what you need to borrow. I wouldn't be able to do it today. Okay, that's the that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Wouldn't be able to do it because they got they need borrow two point four million. Yep. So you've got that difference between one point five and two point four. So there's no way for you to bridge that gap. Yeah, there isn't. No, because the max the max is one point five million on a first, and they're not going to allow you to go past eighty percent. So, okay. So, in the short term, how does that impact luxury real estate? Um, good question, Sean. I think it impacts the ability to, to for for sellers, you know, and buyers too. I mean, buyers can't get any loans, right? So, sellers aren't selling as many properties um, because there's not as many buyers that qualify, right? Right. So I guess Man. the question. I think it levels things out though a little bit. Like we've had some serious issues in um, in inventory. Right. So yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. And that's a lot of what I've been kind of telling people is that the lack of inventory is kind of proportionate to the lack of buyers. And it's still, and that's what's kind of propping up our prices right now. What do you think? Yeah, um, for sure. The, there's still, there still is a lack of inventory, especially in that, um, what would you say, Sean, um, 500 to a million dollar range or so. I mean, um, entry level in Seattle. Yeah. Entry level. It's a big, range. <laughs> your average medium household price is sales, what, roughly 750. So yeah. seven. Yeah, it's definitely, um, you know, I, I, like you said earlier, I think it's affecting that, that, that $2 million buyer or seller more so than somebody who's selling for 800. Right, right. Because somebody who's selling at 800, you can get borrowers in on a number of different options. Whereas if you're at 3 million, you're telling me, Either the buyer's got to come up with a bunch more money to get that loan amount down to tops of 1.5 million, or they're just out of luck. Yeah. Now, now, they yeah they are they can't they can't borrow the 2.4 million with us right now. I mean, they could possibly because they're putting down so much money as long as they're putting down as long as they're putting down at least 20 percent total. They could get a that first for 1.5 and a HELOC behind it for a little bit but it doesn't help them a whole lot they're not getting to 2.4 million because HELOC lenders aren't gonna they're not gonna lend more than 500,000 on a HELOC on a second position HELOC right could they do a second and a third no (laughs) (laughs) yeah no 
long gone are the thirds, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny that we even asked that question, isn't it? Because yeah. that, that used to be a reality. Hey, just stack as many loans on this as, as you've got loan to value ratio to, to take it. Yep, it did. It did before, before uh, 2008 hit. Right, right. And so what we're saying is that all the lenders, they're all reducing their risk and they're all, they're, they're kind of in a position where they're hunkering down because they don't know what's going on. And with the forbearance, people are in such a position where they're like, we don't really know how this is going to go and for how long this is going to go. Have you had any lenders give any kind of timeline at all about how long stuff is going to you know be under these guidelines for? Yeah. You know, when we get emails from our CEO and stuff, he just like, this is... This is right now. This may change in a week, but this is right now. You know, so um, all I know is for me, um, I'm focused on my purchase business and, of course, refinances. We're doing a lot of those right now. And if you're a qualified buyer and you got a job and you can buy something and you're going to be in a conventional loan, um, we're going to be, we're going to be, they're going to be fine. Everybody's going to be fine. And then a rate and term refinance. Um, you know, obviously cash out is kind of a, a little bit messy right now for a little while, but you know, I'm focused on those and, and we're still doing a, a ton of those and we're closing them quickly and, um, it's, it's a very smooth process. Um, but there, there's, there's, uh, we're just going to make sure that all the way up to the day of funding that you're working, you know, that, that you're not yeah. out of a job. And lenders are going to be checking that pretty, pretty religiously, correct? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it'll happen up to the day of funding. You know, most of the time, it's, I think it's all done within the day before funding, but we try to get it done by then. But yeah, they'll, they'll check and make sure that uh, they're still working there. That you still got a job. You're still going to be able to make that payment. Yeah. And the good news is, that, you know, in the Seattle industry, as you know, this, the tech boom is huge. The, the tech market is huge for jobs. And, and those jobs are pretty secure. I haven't really, I don't think I've had one client that tell me that they felt like their job is not secure, you know, in their, in their, in their industry for that type Yet. of business. Yet. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you're working for, if you're working for Amazon, they're killing it. I mean, Jeff Bezos is probably like, Keep this virus thing going. I mean, they're making a ton of money, right? Right. Um, you know, I mean, yeah. that's that, yeah, absolutely. That, that's the reality of it. Those people are, and, and then you know, I, I don't know about Microsoft, but most of my clients at Microsoft are, you know, if they've got a good experience and they know what they're doing, I think they're pretty secure in their jobs. So these are not entry level jobs. I mean, you're talking about people who, yeah, they're not entry level. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty squared away. Have you had any of your clients lose their jobs and be and actively are looking at forbearance? Have you had that experience at all? Yeah, I've had some calls. Yep. Okay. Yep. And, and I just, you're basically saying you're saying the same thing I am, which is if there's any way, beg, borrow, or steal before you have to go to forbearance. Yeah, that's that's the talk that I have with them, and it, you know it's there for a reason if they absolutely have to have it, right? Because they got to eat, you know. And unfortunately, some people um, aren't as you know. Some people live paycheck to paycheck, unfortunately, you know. Don't have the savings that are going to require you to get from point A to point B during something like this. Right, right. Hey, how about FHA or VA? Any changes there? No cash uh, out right now on those loans as of Friday. On either as one? As of Friday, May 1st, on either one. Yep. And, and so that and would a, be- a, a, For a rate and term refinance, it's a minimum 640 credit score right now. 
Okay, and what would it normally be? With fairway, um, 620. So a little bit lower. Yeah, yeah. Not a big difference. Not a, not a ton lower, but a little bit. So bottom line is if you're a borrower or if you are a real estate agent, you need to check with your mortgage lender or your banker before you start talking numbers with people because this stuff is changing so quickly Yeah, that you got to get today's information and then just absolutely keep on top of it. Yep, that's right. It is changing. I, I you know, I, I'll email out my, my, my sphere, my, my referral partners and stuff. Um, you know, an email of some changes once in a while. In fact, I need to email one on the jumbo that we're doing that jumbo now. I just sent a few texts out on Friday to some realtors and stuff. But yeah, it, it's changing rapidly, and you got to be in contact with you know your lender or your loan officer, so you're right. you're educated. Right. So we're going to start to see statistics coming out for April. I know the R Northwest Multiple Listing Service on May 6th, I think it's this Thursday. No, 6th is, uh, yeah, Wednesday. They'll come out with the stats for April. And that's the first month where we've got the full whole month of stats with coronavirus. Mm -hmm. So that should be super interesting because the previous month had only half the month. The first half of March was, was great. We were doing great. Right. It was starting to peter off there around mid-March. And then the second half of March, just bloodbath because, I mean. Yeah, bloodbath we, is we didn't the right even, word. Yeah. yeah, we didn't even know if real estate brokers were going to be essential. For two days, we weren't essential. And so, yeah. you know, you've got yeah. that whole confusion. So now you're going to start to see stats from like the MLSs come out for April. And then the other big one that you mentioned was unemployment for April right. is going to come out. Right. Yeah, that um, I've heard, you know, I heard something today that they're expecting for, from April 1st to April 30th, another 20 million job losses nationally. That's what they're expecting. So we'll see what that report says. That report comes out this Friday. Is that an additional 20 million job losses? The way I, I, the way I understood it, I think it's an additional, not including the first, the last two weeks of March. Okay. But which right, probably right, wasn't right. a lot the last two weeks of March, but it was some, you know. Because it hadn't really happened yet. Yeah. So um, what is that percentage-wise of the American, jo American job force is 164 million. Is that correct? So over 10 I was I was going to guess 200 million, but I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what the job force is in America. But if it's 200 million, let's just say that's, that's, that's 10%. So... Yeah, I've heard so between one out of twelve and fifteen percent. Yeah, and doesn't it feel like it should be higher than that? With yeah, and it probably will be in certain states like Washington State after the new stay-at-home order for the whole month of May. Oh you know, my in California. Gosh. Our stay-at-home order. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, we have no idea when we're really going to be back up and running. Yeah, it wasn't too you know? encouraging. I heard that I heard the governor talk. It wasn't too encouraging cuz all the 3 week 3 weeks afterwards you don't know what they're going to do. You know, you've got so many June. moving variables and you've got a data stream that when I look at it, I can't really figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yep. It's like yep. what are we looking at here? So, you know, just kind of tell us and and you know, we don't have any choice but to do it. Right. Um, Right. And then, and then, in you and I were talking before this podcast tonight, and I am so jealous, Dan. Tonight, <laughs> tell us what you're doing tonight. Um, I'm in Whitefish, Montana, as you know, Sean. 
Um, yeah. So I'm going to dinner, and I'm going to go have a drink at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> because it's open for business here in Montana. <laughs> and that and that is as of today, May the May the 4th, May the 4th, correct? yep, yep. Pretty excited. But you didn't have much of an outbreak. Not much of an outbreak. You know, my neighbor's a nurse. I asked her how many people tested positive for COVID at the hospital there in Whitefish, and they, she said three. Wow. Okay, so virtually no outbreak at all. Yeah, but you wouldn't know that because when you walk into the grocery store, 70% of people have a mask on. So, you, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Right, right. So dinner and a drink from a restaurant. Now, those your restaurants have been shut down, correct? Uh, except for uh, takeout, yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. S- same as our deal here. In our restaurants here, when they open back up, they're going to be at like 25% capacity and then move up to 50% capacity, something like that. Yeah. Maybe that's the bars. Are you guys something I like that I think they're as 50% well? for two weeks and then they go to 75% the next two weeks. I, that's what I read. Okay. Well, given the number of cases and how many deaths has Montana had? Uh, I think the whole state of Montana, maybe 16. Well, not even. Just I have to double check. Digits. There's 445 cases across the whole state right now, active cases out of wow. 1.2 okay. million people. So you guys just have such a low population and it's so spread out. Yeah, it's yeah, I mean it's a huge state, right? Yeah, it's spread and, out. And you and you don't have as many people traveling either. You're no. just not Right. You're not that kind of a state. So you picked a great place to buy a second home. and <laughs> Yeah, it was a second that. home. And I said, hey, I really like it here. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make this my first home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly yeah, what's going cause, on. Because you're in your other home state of California where you've been living. Yeah. Things are not going well. Yeah, there. no, no. Don't want to be there right now. No, that's a mess. Yeah, um, I saw right before we got on this podcast, I saw that three counties are basically saying, yeah, we are not going to follow the governor's shutdown order. <laughs> that's that's three entire counties. Oh, man, that's going to be interesting. I mean, you got might some be some confusion. rioting, might be some rioting. Yeah, some looting. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's I don't crazy. know. Yeah, crazy. Any anything else, Dan, that you can think of that would be helpful for our viewers and listeners to know mortgage related wise, maybe what to be on the lookout for or kind of places to watch for some trends, that kind of thing? Yeah, you know, for the most part I just make sure that your your pre approval if you get pre approved for a purchase that it's legit and that you you know, as a loan officer I'm having that conversation with my clients. Hey, you know, is your job secure? Because we're going to be checking that. Um, you know, we're going to check up to the day of funding to make sure your employee is making sure your job is secure. Um, and then, um, you know, as long as you've got good credit and you, you your debt to income ratio isn't isn't too high, you know, you're going to be fine. It's a great time, you know, to buy or refinance. Um, if you fit, if you fit in that small little box yeah. of opportunity, yeah, it's, it, it, it's 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 super. It's not a big as big a box as it used to be. But for conventional loans, you know, for other than the the, the cash out refinance thing, for the most part, it's business as usual. It's still there, right? Are there any? Uh, have you had any cases where loans have been really delayed just by the way the pipeline is going and liquidity issues? I feel like on the appraisal end, we're getting a whole bunch of orders and then it stops and then a whole bunch more orders. And we kind of figure that the pipeline has to clean itself out. That's, that's what happened. Yeah, we cleaned that pipeline out pretty good for March, right? Um, yeah. And then April, um, 
you know, we closed a lot of loans in April too. I mean, I should say locks in March loans closing in April. We cleaned a lot of that out. Um, and a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, properties for refinances, especially don't need appraisals. I'd say like 75 to 80% of my refinances right now, I don't need an appraisal on. And is that because the people who are coming through are pretty clean and they have a ton of equity? Equity is the big thing there for sure. Equity is the big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because what we've seen on the appraisal end, as far as appraisal waivers on stuff, we haven't known of that many, but then we don't see the stuff that gets complete waivers on it. Right. Um, Because you just don't know. Yeah. You haven't seen it. We don't know. Yeah. It never hits our system. But we have very few exterior-only appraisals, very few desktop appraisals. It's pretty much been 100% you go into the home. Yeah. Yeah, for us too. I haven't had very many ex- exterior-only. I think I maybe had two on a couple purchases. But otherwise, on purchases, it's been a full appraisal um, or an appraisal waiver, which most are full appraisals on a purchase. And then on a refinance, it's been you know 75 80%. Um, don't need an appraisal. So that is definitely speeding up the refinance process. When you get a refinance in um, and you don't need an appraisal, it's pretty easy to close that thing. Um, you know, and, and, and for us, you know, cause we got so much volume in around that 25 to 30 day mark. Right. Right. So, so if you're in the market for a refinance, if things are kind of going like normal, even within during the coronavirus figure on maybe a month. Yeah. Right Something now, like as, of, as of right now, things can change, but yeah. that's about right. Tomorrow could yeah. be wildly different. <laughs> yeah. What what percentage are you seeing of your business is purchases and what percentage is refinance right now? Purchases are starting to get more busy. I definitely uh, have a, quite a few in May closing. Um, I'll have to double check okay. the number, but it's I also have a ton of refis in May closing too. So, But I'd say it's probably 70% refinance right now. 30% okay. purchase. Okay. And and how many pre-approvals are you doing for buyers getting out there looking? Has that become a thing as we get closer? Uh, yeah, the... I'm getting uh, two to three a week probably right now. Okay. So okay. Um, decent amount. It, you, know, I, you know what? I wanted to mention something too. I really feel like normally we're full go on purchase market right now, right? But we're not, okay? Right. I really feel like as a lender, like I'm preparing myself mentally – and, you know, for more volume this fall than we have now, more mm-hmm. loan volume. And I have a lot of loans in the system, a lot of loans c- compared to normal. But I really feel like in September, we're going to have a big rush in the purchase market like it should be right now in May. And why do you think, wh- wh- what's your reasoning? There? My reasoning is I think people are going to be antsy to get out of the city and into the suburbs and get some room and get a place that maybe they, you know, maybe they're in the city of Seattle and they can get a condo and it's 450, 500,000 and it's thousand square feet. And they're just like, okay, I'm going to buy in the suburbs. I'm going to buy 2000 square feet. I want some room. I want some space. I'm tired of this. I've been coped up, cooped up for two or three months with COVID, you know? And, um, and, you know, my brother said something the other day. It was funny. He said, I quit COVID. I'm done. <laughs> and that's what people are going to say. COVID I'm out. done with COVID. I'm done with that. I think I want a, I want a bigger place. I, I want to buy. I want some room before winter hits. And uh, rates are super low. Um, and COVID, hopefully by, you know, hope, I'm thinking by 
August, it'll be back to business as usual in Seattle, hopefully sooner. But based on what the governor said the other day, I'm thinking by August 1st, might be till August 1st. And then once we get into August, people are going to be out. You know, they're going to be they're going to be playing in the sun. They're going to be doing their thing. They're going to be back to normal. And then they're going to want to buy. Okay, all right. That makes sense. And I was going to say a little bit earlier than that, but um, that makes sense. So people are going to... I go for earlier too. I'll go for earlier. (laughs) You take it? Yeah, just, hey, let's make this happen. I think um, if if you have to have a house and if we do have schools start in fall, I think people jump as soon as we get out from these orders, I think you have a massive rush of people who haven't wanted to leave their home because they've got it so drilled into their head right now. Stay at home, stay safe, stay yeah. at home, stay safe. Yeah. That they're going to go out and maybe they forego the summer playtime, which is basically August. That's all you get in Seattle. You get August, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. jokingly, you get after July 5th. Yeah, July, July 5th, 5th through September 5th. Is, is your window. That's the that's the eight weeks you get. Yeah. And so are they going to give up some of that? I think they are in order to make their purchase, their home purchase in the school district they want for their kids. They just, everything gets crammed into a, uh, into a time period this year because we've just basically blown the spring home buyer market. Yeah, exactly. So I, I like you said, I expect, you know, who knows exactly when it'll start, but August, September to be very, very busy with purchases. Yep, yep. And interesting thing that we've seen on the summit side is we've seen a bunch of homes, a bunch of sellers come on the market. They're kind of the cowboys of the group. They're like, you know what? There's not much inventory out there. They're looking around going, prices are still pretty high. Let's do this. And then a number of buyers kind of coming through. Hey, you know what? We're okay going through our broker in a group of two per home and looking at these homes, let's make this happen. So we've had a lot more activity in the last, probably call it 10 days than we have in the last six weeks. Yeah. I've heard the same too from other realtor partners of mine. That's good. That's good. That's encouraging. And I think you're going to continue to see that. Another thing in the Seattle market is we could possibly even hit 80 degrees later this week. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's... <laughs> uh, that would be nice. Maybe that'll kill some of the, the virus. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit of good weather. People are going to want to go out. They're going to want to get out and look at some homes. They're just going to want to get out of the house and go look, like you said. Yeah. They're going to just go do something. So yeah. from that standpoint, I think you're going to see a pretty active market. It's just going to be shifted a little bit later in the year than we'd normally have. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see. Well, Dan, if there's anything else uh, you can think of, anything else major that we should go over? No, just those changes we, that we went yeah. over are what happened last okay. week. So next week, who knows? Yeah. We'll see what, we'll see what else happens. Yeah. Bottom line is, is for people to be, if you are looking at doing something mortgage related or buying, be in pretty close contact with your lender so you can kind of figure out exactly where you sit because so much of this is changing so quickly that yesterday's information is no longer relevant. Exactly. Good point. Yep. Yep. All right. So Dan, if people want to get a hold of you, you do mortgages in California and Washington, correct? Most of my business is in Washington, but California and Colorado. Yep. Okay, what's your email address? Uh, Dan C, D-A-N-C, at Fairway, yep. 
mc.com. You can also find me online at danchapmanloans.com. danchapmanloans.com. All right. You got it. Well, Dan, thank you so much for being on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Really appreciate it. Always appreciate the information you bring. And uh, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me, Sean. Talk soon. All right. Yep. Until next time, Dan. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.